0: you know, I'm all about transparency. And to be honest with you, on Sunday mornings when I come up here and give you that little story before I get into the sermon, I normally find it as I'm walking up the steps. The most stressful part of my day when I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, how am I going to start the sermon off? It really and truly is. I don't always have that little story right up front. But I, I think about Easter, and what Christ gave us in his resurrection. And it's not just the promise of heaven, but the promise of peace in this life. Today's passage of scripture comes from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors were locked, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, "Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you." And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit." If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you today and we thank you again for this opportunity that you've given us to come and to safely worship in your house. Father, as we continue to celebrate the Easter season and Christ's resurrection, be with me today. And give me guidance and direction. Into me, Father, of the desire to speak my own will, but fill me with your Spirit, that each word I speak would be pleasing to you and would benefit your children. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, we celebrate Easter once a year, and that's what we did last week. And, and I'm often reminded of the liturgical calendar, which I know about. I don't always follow it. So I was reminded again this week that, that Easter is still happening. It's not finished with just yet. And our passage of scripture today actually takes place on the same day that Jesus was resurrected. Early in the morning, the the ladies went to the tomb and they found that the tomb was empty. And then they came back and told the disciples. But after they had found that the tomb was empty, they didn't go out and start spreading the good news. No, they didn't. Indeed, what, they, what happened was they left the tomb and they went back to where they were staying because they were scared that the Jews were going to harm them. They went and locked themselves into a, a room somewhere, door shut, locked. And what they were scared of was this. They had already crucified Jesus, and they knew who Jesus' followers were, and they were in fear that they were coming for them next. But something amazing happened. It says that in that evening, the same day as the resurrection, just the latter part of it, when uh, when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Now, does anybody know how he got into that room? The door was locked. There was no way for a person to walk through that door and enter that room. The door was locked. And that says something about Jesus and his ability to be in different places. And it says something about our spiritual world, that, that those locks that we have on our heart, those doors that we have shut in our hearts, are not impenetrable. That Jesus has the power and the authority to come through those doors and enter your lives. Now, if I put myself in the position of the disciples here, and Jesus came before me in the manner that he did, and he said, Peace be with you, I'm questioning why he's saying that. Because think about this for a second. The men and the ladies are hiding because they're scared of harm. The door is locked, and all of a sudden, here is a body, a person, standing in their presence. And we know from the Scripture that after Jesus' resurrection, he was not immediately recognizable. Even in this passage here, if we went up to the earlier Scriptures, we find that that Jesus presented himself to Mary Magdalene. And she did not recognize him to be the Lord and Savior. She thought he was a gardener. Mary was saying, "What have you done to the body of my Lord? Where have you laid him?" And as she turned to walk away, Jesus called her out by name and said, "Mary." And then something clicked. All of a sudden, that person that, that wasn't recognizable became recognizable, and she stopped in her steps. And she recognized the voice of Christ. And she called him. She said, teacher. That's how Jesus was addressed in that day. It was a term of affection. It was a term that acknowledged his power and his authority and his knowledge of scriptures. She knew who he was, but not immediately. So if I had one of the disciples and I'm locked in that room fearing for my life once again, doors locked, and all of a sudden there stands in my presence a man, I am probably not going to stand there in awe. I am more than likely going to start running for my life. I'm going to look for something to defend myself because I don't recognize was before me. My first response is is self-preservation. And I think that's how it was with the disciples. I think sometimes we paint this picture of people always standing in awe. but, But, you know, humanly, I don't think that that is always possible. I think it took them a minute, maybe, to let it sink in, who it was that was standing in front of him. And Jesus told them, peace be with you. I think he was trying to get them to calm down just a little bit to focus on what was happening in front of him. You see, sometimes when life starts happening in front of us, we'll tend to get anxious or we'll tend to be concerned about what's happening. Sometimes we'll realize that in that moment we don't have the power or authority to handle whatever it is that God has put there or that has God allowed to be there. But what we do have is the words of Christ and his promise to always be with Peace be with you. And is it possible sometimes that maybe that that when Christ presents himself in our lives, we don't always recognize. We we, we hear the voice and we feel the presence. But maybe it's something abstract from our normal life, something that, that really doesn't fit in. And maybe we start having calls for concern in our hearts about what's happening. I think about the Apostle Paul in his early days when I think about the need for peace in our lives. See, before Paul was known as Paul, he was known as Saul, and he was one of the greatest Pharisees, the most knowledgeable. do know this, that it's that he was a member of the Sanhedrin who was the party who helped condemn Jesus before he was crucified. We know that Saul was in Jerusalem for a large part of his life where Jesus' ministry was at. So he had to at least heard of Jesus and what he was doing. But after the resurrection, when the church began to grow, when people started experiencing the Holy Spirit, Saul did this. Instead of taking captive the opportunity to go out and do something different, to to advance the kingdom of God, Saul began arresting our brothers and sisters. He began taking them to prison because of their beliefs. And that's something that that we don't have to deal with here in our country. And I think that when we hear about people being arrested, that, that it really doesn't strike us as something very pertinent because we don't have that problem here. We don't live in fear of dying or going to jail for our faith. We benefit from our faith in all types of manners. But Saul was arresting people. But when he left Jerusalem for the purpose of going to Damascus to make more arrests of Christians because of their faith, something miraculous happened. Scriptures tell us that, that it was midday when, when uh, Saul was making this journey. And right outside the city, Saul was surrounded by a Bright light, so bright he said that it was brighter than the sun. And he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice crying to him, "Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me?" And you know what Saul's response was? It wasn't who are you. You're Where are you? Saul recognized immediately the voice of God calling in his life. Even though we can say honestly that he had no physical contact with Christ before this day. And I can only imagine the fear that he experienced when that happened. And after he addressed Jesus, he did something astonishing. You see, I believe that once he recognized that he was in the presence of a holy king, and I think that once he realized that he was in the midst of grace, that peace came over his spirit that all the anxiety of what was happening was releasing itself because of God's touch. Because his next question was this. Lord, what do you want me to do? And I think that that's an amazing statement to us all that when God presents Himself, that that we may not recognize it at first and we may not understand what's going on, but but when we come to the understanding that that the one calling to us, that the one who died on the cross was Christ Jesus, and He stands in our presence today, and that He calls to us and speaks to our hearts, that we don't have to to have that experience in fear, but that we can trust God in everything and that we can surrender our lives fully and totally and ask of the Lord, what is it that you want me to do for you? I think the apostles or the disciples experienced that very same thing when they were secured in that room and they, they first saw Jesus. See, it was more than just coming to understand who was in their presence for the, for the disciples in that moment. Christ, Christ did just a little bit more. He didn't just appear and they knew exactly who he was. He wanted to prove to them who he was. He said, look at my hands. Here they are, cut with the nails. And here is my side that was pierced with the spear. Let me prove myself to you. And I think that that's a, a wonderful statement to us all because sometimes when we hear the call of Christ in our lives and, and it comes to the point of surrendering our lives, that, that we don't necessarily trust the God in our lives. We want to. I really do believe that we want to. But it takes more than a want and a desire, and it takes more than just having knowledge of who God is to trust him. We have to step out on faith and understand that, that what God calls us to do It's his desire for our life. And if we walk in the way, trusting in God's word, applying it to our lives, even in the midst of adversity, that Christ will prove himself to us to be a loyal and loving God. And that in the the midst, we can understand what Christ meant when he said, Peace be with you. You see, Jesus went a little step further when he presented himself to the disciples. I think he understood fully that, that they were in need of peace, that they were in need of comfort, and they were in need of understanding that their Savior had risen, that his body wasn't removed from the tomb and laid somewhere else. But he understood that they needed a purpose in life. And he said to them again, Peace be with you. And many people would ask, Well, you just said, Peace be with me up here, and I'm calmed down. And now that I'm nice and relaxed and I'm calm and, and I'm comfortable in the presence of Christ, why would he be saying, Peace be with me again? And it's not because of what they were experiencing right then and right there. It's what was to come that they was going to require them to have peace. In other words, Jesus was saying to them, "You know what, brothers? I love you. You guys have done a great job, and you know, and, I, and I'm proud of you. I'm honored to be with you." And it's great to see that, that after I, I, I started you just a little bit with my initial approach and, and you calmed down, but now I'm going to tell you something else. And it's a great and wonderful thing that, that I want you to have peace when you move into the next part of your life. Because he says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And that's where they got their commission. That's where the, the, the commission to create the church and spread the gospel began. Peace be with you, he said, because my Father sent me, now I am sending you. Now remember, these guys are in fear of their life because they're, I mean, they're feeling pretty secure right now. They're locked behind that door, and uh, Jesus is with them, and sometimes that's the way it is with us. We are in our comfort zone. We know where everything is at. We know what we need, and if we need it, we know where to get it. Jesus shows up in our life, and he says to this to you, Peace be with you. My Father sent me, so now I'm sending you. In other words, he says. Peace be with you. I have a task for you. I have something for you to do. I have a mission for your life. And there is no need to be scared of it. Approach that task with honor. Approach it with passion. Passion. Approach it knowing that that God prepared you and called you for this purpose. See, it's natural to to experience anxiety in different ways when new things come into our life or when God puts a calling on us. It's natural to experience fear of the unknown, of stepping out of that comfort zone into something new. But there's another way that we experience anxiety when God calls us to do something, and that's when we become impatient. You see, I'm excited about doing things, and I can't wait to, to see the results. And when I don't see the results fast enough, I start becoming anxious. I want to hurry up and move. I want to hurry up and get it done because I want to see the end result. And it's in those times in my life when I need peace, when I need Jesus to come in and put his hand on me and say, Tommy, be still, be patient, and be quiet. Love the blessings that I've given for you today, but know I'm doing something through you and for you a little further down the road. You see, when we become anxious in life, it interrupts our daily task. It takes the blessings away from us that God has already put in our lives. Scripture says that that when we do become anxious, that we should learn to pray and be humble in the presence of God. You see, there's two ways that we view life. And it's the I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do right here and what I'm gonna do right now. And then you wind up complicating matters even more. And then there are those who learn to be patient and understand that, that God works in our lives each and every one for a purpose. And if we give him time to work and give him time to move, not only do we accomplish our task, but we become a fully mature person. I love the passage of Scripture that says, when I was a child, I felt like a child. I I acted like a child, but but now that I'm a man, I I had to grow up and I handle things more maturely. And it's a hard lesson for me to learn. But as I look back on my life and I can see all the the circumstances that God put me in that that caused me to be patient. Let me reword that. didn't cause me. It was either be patient or live in torment. Because that anxiety will eat at us. It will rob us of our sleep. It will rob us of our peace. But, But when we go to the Lord in prayer and we lift up to him our each and every concern, There is a peace that is present that surpasses all understanding. Peace be with you, Jesus said. The other thing I like about this passage of Scripture is this Jesus didn't just give commands to say peace. And he didn't just present himself in a way that a people would, would be able to recognize who he is. And he didn't just ask us to do the task that the Father sent us out to. For those gathered in that room, he breathed his breath upon them. And he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. And I think about that, and I think about the the very beginning of time. The very first man ever created, that God formed this man, Adam, out of dirt. And then he breathed his breath into his nostrils and brought forth life. See, the disciples already had a life. They were already physically alive. They were intellectually alive. They were processing information. They they knew what was going on around them. They had animation in their their being. But what was it that they were missing that that was absent? And it was the, the presence of the Holy Spirit that gave them purpose and power. And so they didn't just ask for it. And they didn't just say, I want it. But I think Jesus knew the heart of his disciples. He walked with them. He talked with them. God knows everything about us. And when Jesus stood before them and he breathed on them his breath, telling them to receive the Holy Spirit, then I think that, that we can experience that same thing in our life if we want to. Because, you see, the God that I love and the God I serve empowers his people to perform. He doesn't leave us without equipment. He doesn't leave us without the ability to perform the task that he has for us. He doesn't leave us with the with the inability to live life. But sometimes we think of life as as the consumption of uh, materials. We think of life as receiving awards or we think of life as achieving certain goals and that somehow it's supposed to add substance to us, but but life is received when we know God fully. That when we receive the Holy Spirit and experience the healing within our hearts and our spirits and within our minds and come to understand that no matter what this world offers, it can never compare to being in the presence of God. That no matter what happens in life and no matter what I plan to achieve, it pales in comparison to walking with my God. You see, I think that's why Jesus rose from the dead. To fulfill his His promise that we in this life have life and have it abundantly. But in order to have it, we have to meet it with an understanding that that we are not alone, that God walks with us each and every day, that we are empowered by by something more powerful than us, that we are given guidance by something and someone that is not of this world, but a spirit that is holy and flows from the throne of God. And I believe with every ounce of my being that no matter what task is before me, we can face it with the absence of adversity if we choose to stand in the presence of our fear and our anxiety, declaring peace, the peace that God promised. So I ask you today to examine your life, Look back over the times when when God was present, when you know that God was present, when he came in and calmed that storm in your life. And as he sets new goals in front of you today, know that his peace is with you now and always. That you can face it, with the authority that God gave us and we can face it one day at a time. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you today and thank you for this time that you've given us to come together. And Father, I just ask that you be with me um, throughout this week and be with us all as we prepare to go out into the world and make a difference for you. You called us to be not just your disciples to to discipline our lives, but you called us to make a difference in the world that we live in by preaching and teaching the gospel of Christ everywhere we go, whether by word or by deed. Father, empower each and every one of us and give us the peace to understand and know your will as we experience Christ now and always. In Christ's name we pray, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his count upon you and give you peace. Amen.